0: I knew her as Libby Schrader, a singer-songwriter from Los Angeles, a, a minor pop star, or a major pop star in our family, but also the woman who uh, taught piano to my children. You may have read about her as Dr., or soon-to-be Dr. Elizabeth Schrader, who is currently rewriting everything we know about, <laughs> about one of the most famous women in history, Mary Magdalene are you blowing our minds are you casting out the patriarchy are you changing
1: (laughs) well maybe we'll see how successful it is
0: good morning good afternoon good evening whatever it is wherever you are I'm Austin Titchener one third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast number 659 Mary Magdalene Revelations Now, there are all these Johns and all these Marys in the Bible, right? How do you keep them straight? It's very tricky. Just listen. First, there was John the Baptist. And there was John Apostle. One ended up beheaded. The other wrote the Gospel. And there were tons of Marys. We don't know where to start. But listen very closely. And this will make you smart. The one was the Madonna. The other was a tart. And that is how you tell the Johns and Marys apart. That's an excerpt from our song, Elijah, Elisha, from The Bible, The Complete Word of God, Abridged, in which we explain the many characters with similar names names in the Bible. That's a joke, obviously, but our friend Libby Schrader is doing the same thing, but for real, as part of her doctoral studies at Duke University. Specifically, she's focusing on the sister of Lazarus and whether she is or is not the same as Mary Magdalene. It's all very complicated and cool, and I'll let Libby explain as best as she can.
1: I went to the garden of the Holy verse. Mary, most pure, conceived without sin. I was down on my knees with the dirt on my skin, and I asked for the blessing of the Magdalene. I wouldn't say that I am rewriting anything, I would say that I'm finding stuff in the Gospel manuscripts that perhaps has been overlooked. And I'm hoping to call attention to it um, because there are, there are some big problems in our gospel manuscripts in the story of Lazarus rising from the dead, especially around the name Maria.
0: So pretend, if you will, use your imagination and pretend that I'm an idiot. Okay. E- explain to me exactly what you're doing. Um, we wrote a song in the Bible the complete word of God abridged about all the different Marys in the Bible. You are literally going down this path and explaining that they're explaining the differences between the Marys and that maybe there aren't as many Marys as we think.
1: Well, you only talked about two in your song. You talked about the Madonna and the Tart. Yes,
0: right. (laughs) And there were others.
1: Actually more than that. There's more Marys than, than, um, Mary Magdalene and Jesus's mom in the Bible. Um, So there's always been some confusion, though, because the name Maria is so common in the New Testament, uh, and there's something in the Old Testament as well. Um, But the, the issue is the identity of the sister of Lazarus in the Gospel of John. This is a story that is only in the Gospel of John. And so throughout history, it's always been debated whether Lazarus's sister, Mary, who is sometimes called Mary of Bethany, whether she is the same woman as Mary Magdalene. Um, that's been sort of a question that has been asked. We know that people thought they were the same woman going at least as far back as the third century. So, um, that has always been sort of an open question. And I'm saying basically with my research, um, by the way, the reason I so Austin was talking about how I'm a musician. I wrote a song about Mary Magdalene. Which caused me to look at the oldest manuscript of the Gospel of John, and that's how I became a doctoral student. So it's it's all a little bit weird. <laughs> and a little bit
0: related. I love that. I love how your art has led to this. There she
1: came to me in a state of grace bearing things to reveal in this earthly place secret songs of the flesh, like a holy hymn. Oh I am for the wisdom of a Basically, I was looking at the oldest copy that exists of the Gospel of John online, obviously because you can't just go look at it. It's in Geneva. And um, I saw that the name Mary had been crossed out two times in the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And the question, some people think that's Mary Magdalene. And I was like, wait a second. Like the first time the name Mary had been changed to say Martha, And the second time, the woman's name had been crossed out and changed to, say, "Hi, Adelphi, which, as your son Quincy would know, (laughs) means the sisters, Hi, Adelphi. And all the verbs have been changed from singular to plural. So um, it looks as though there was one sister, Mary, and then it becomes two sisters, Mary and Martha. And when I was literally just a songwriter living in Brooklyn at that time, um, I found that and I was like, whoa, has anybody done anything about that? And I was asking around on interlibrary loan at the Brooklyn Public Library and I was reading some stuff and people said, yeah, the name Mary's changed to Martha. Yeah, Mary has been crossed out to, to say the sisters. And that was kind of the end of the scholarship. Exactly. It's, it's like, whoa. And this is somebody who maybe people think is Mary Magdalene, and so I, I just realized what was happening, and I said, "Oh my gosh, now i 've got to go get a master's degree and learn ancient Greek
0: <laughs> well you say you say you're uncovering some some scholarship, but it also seems like you're uncovering i don 't want to use the word conspiracy, but you're mm-hmm. uncovering a choice that somebody made to cross that name out and changes one one woman to two sisters.
1: Yeah, it's all—it's a bit complicated to explain because basically we're now going into the land of textual criticism, which yeah. is a very um, specialized scholarly discipline. And the it—I it, shouldn't say that the scribe is changing the story of the Gospel of John. That wouldn't be quite accurate. A better way of explaining it would be that this scribe who's copying, usually people have said around 200 AD. This is called Papyrus 66. It's the oldest surviving copy we have. It was discovered in 1952. Um, People think that the scribe was um, copying around 200 AD, somewhere in Egypt, probably near Alexandria, and that the scribe had two exemplars, that is two copies to copy from. Mm -hmm. And um, one of them the scribe copied from, and the other one the scribe corrected against. So um, we we shouldn't say that the scribe is necessarily doing anything wrong. The scribe has two copies in front of probably him, and I have theorized that one of the copies, Lazarus has one sister, Mary, and in the other copy, Lazarus has two sisters, Hmm. Mary and Martha. And the scribe can see both versions and perhaps is confused And is trying to kind of work with both copies and it doesn't really work and so basically for five verses in papyrus 66 this oldest copy that we have of the gospel of john in in chapter 11 for five verses martha is kind of phasing in and out you can see that martha is getting added in john 11 verse 1. you can see that there's one sister that's split in two at john 11 verse 3. there's some other things that are kind of specific to ancient greek that would be difficult to explain in john 11 verse 4. And John 11 verse 5 and then in the middle of John 11 verse 5 finally Martha shows up and she's there and then she's there for the rest of the story and there's no problems really around her for the rest of Papyrus 66. So I have argued that for the first five verses of the Lazarus story the scribe is kind of working with both versions the one without Martha and the one with Martha and then at John 11 verse 5 the scribe says you know what I'm going to copy the version that has Martha. So I'm not saying that the scribe has necessarily done anything wrong. Perhaps somebody before the scribe did something, and the scribe was kind of dealing with the fallout of some sort of editorial choice that had been made by what I believe to be a reader of the Gospel of John in the second century. So a second century reader or editor might have changed something, might have altered the story.
0: And... Can you speculate why they would want to make that change? Is it in some way to diminish Mary, the sister of Lazarus's role or to specifically conflate her with Mary Magdalene?
1: Well, here's what I think. If if you just if you um are really familiar with the Gospel of John and the Gospel of Luke, you know that um Lazarus's sister Mary is very similar this is John chapter 11 she's very similar to Mary Magdalene which is in John chapter 20 now the reason this matters is because both of these stories supposedly come from the same evangelist right so the same authorial intent when you become a bible scholar you you learn to stop saying like this happened in the, you know in Jesus's ministry or Jesus's life you say well according to Luke this happened according to John this happened right, right. so i'm talking about what the evangelist John is intending. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, look, if Martha's not in this story in the Gospel of John, readers are a lot more likely to think that Lazarus's sister Mary is Mary Magdalene. And the reason for that is because they are so extraordinarily similar. The exact same things happen to them. They watch somebody that they love rise from the dead. They're both named Mary. They're both crying. <laughs> in John 11, Jesus says, where have you laid him? And he says this to Mary. And then in John chapter 20, Mary Magdalene says to Jesus, I do not know where they have laid him. It's And it's the exact same question, basically. Uh-huh. A lot of the same words, like stone, tomb, handkerchief, kind of you know unique words. And so I'm saying that that's deliberate on the part of the evangelist of the Gospel of John. They want you to notice how similar these Marys are, Lazarus' sister Mary and Mary Magdalene. But look, there's also a different story in the gospel of Luke of two sisters named Martha and Mary, and they don't have a brother. And that's when Jesus goes to their house and Martha's cooking and Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet. And um, Martha says, Lord, will you tell my sister to help me? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're concerned about many things, but Mary's chosen the better part and it won't be taken away from her. I'm saying that that Martha and Mary, which come from a different author, different evangelist, and they don't have a brother. I'm saying that is a different family. And then in the Gospel of John, we've got Lazarus and Mary. They also seem to be in two different locations. In Luke's Gospel, they're further north. They're probably in Galilee or Samaria, Martha and Mary. Whereas I'm saying Lazarus and Mary lived in Bethany. So I'm saying that what happened is that, to answer your question of why somebody might change something, I'm saying that in the Gospel of John, um, This sister of Lazarus, Mary, who the reader can infer is Mary Magdalene because she's so similar, she has a very prominent role in the second half of the Gospel of John. She anoints Jesus, and actually a bigger question is, who says this Christological confession? Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who's come into the world. Guess who says that in the Bible today? Martha. And that's really important because that is a very similar confession to what Peter says in the Gospel of Matthew that makes him the the rock that the church church is built on, right? So this is an important confession. And I'm saying that whoever wrote the Gospel of John wanted you to infer that that was Mary Magdalene. So if you stick Martha there, you literally just change one letter, then not only is she not Mary Magdalene anymore, now she's this sister from the Gospel of Luke, but now Mary Magdalene has... Appears as three different women in the Gospel of John. It's Mary and Martha from the Gospel of Luke and Mary Magdalene that we know from the tomb and the cross.
0: I'm Alexandra Sokoloff, author of The Huntress FBI Thrillers, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. We have one performance left this summer of the complete works of William Shakespeare, Abridged Revised. It's next week in Lake Placid, New York, on August 10th we'll have more performance dates starting this fall of 2019 both in the u.s and elsewhere and we will announce those dates very soon, maybe as early as next week. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Libby Schrader, talking about the confusion she's discovered and is trying to clear up about the sister of Lazarus and Mary Magdalene. I asked her what she thought the motive might be for conflating. The stories of these women. Do you think that's done to raise up Martha or to diminish Mary Magdalene?
1: Well, I have argued that this, well, I mean, it does end up raising up Martha, um, but it's basically a way of making, especially with that Christological confession. um, We know that there was some tension around Mary Magdalene in earliest Christianity because of some books that didn't make it into the Bible. These are the Nag Hammadi Gospels, like. If you've heard of the Gospel of Thomas and the Gospel of Philip, there's also the Gospel of Mary and this book, the Pistis Sophia, that all show this tension of the male disciples, especially Peter, around Mary. Yeah. Okay. And Mary so, is
0: Mary is the Yoko of the disciples.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far. Um, I'm not going to say anything about uh, Mary's relationship with jesus here we're just talking right. about what the evangelist is intending to say about mary magdalene i meant okay. about her
0: okay. impact not necessarily on her relationship oh, her impact. yeah
1: her impact um
0: she well, broke up the band in
1: other words she broke up the band well i guess she didn't I, she didn't break up the band because um i what i'm arguing basically is that this sort of trend in early christianity of the male disciples to have prominence and to have all the authority, especially around Peter, we can see that there was some tension around the figure of Mary Magdalene in these documents that didn't make it into the Bible. And I'm saying, what if that tension that we know was happening in the second or third century, what if that affected how our biblical text was copied? So somebody who is reading the Gospel of John without Martha there who realizes that the evangelist is suggesting that Lazarus's sister Mary is Mary Magdalene, that she gets to say this central confession of the Gospel of John, that she anoints Jesus, that she's at the cross and that she's at the empty tomb, that um, somebody who realizes what's going on says, no, 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 no. That means that Mary is too prominent and perhaps has too much authority. So what they do is they just kind of change one letter. They change Maria, which is an iota, M-A-R-I-A. To Martha, M-A-R, Theta Martha. If you change one letter, then um, it's a different woman. And so now there's just lots of women, and it's not so threatening. You know, there's just like a whole bunch of women, and this woman does that thing, and this woman does that thing, and this woman does that thing. As opposed to Mary, who may well be Mary Magdalene, giving this central confession in the Gospel of John.
0: So, what do you think the impact will be of your scholarship? Are are people embracing your interpretation? Or are they? Are are people threatened by what you're saying?
1: Oh, well, you know, you'd have to ask everybody individually. I've gotten some really strong, positive responses. For instance, um, Candida Moss, who is a professor at the University of Birmingham and who writes for the Daily Beast, she wrote a very favorable article about my research last year. Um, Whereas, uh, some of the more, I would say conservative text critics, um, are a little bit more measured and, um, they have said to me that they're thinking about it. And they're, the thing is, is that people could say, well, maybe Martha was added for another reason and they could come up with another reason. It's not to do with Mary Magdalene or they could say, oh, maybe somebody was trying to diminish Martha, but the text of our Bible is what it's supposed to be. And I'm waiting for those arguments. Um, And perhaps they can make those arguments. and I look forward to seeing what they say. But I think that the strength of my argument is that we actually do know that in this time period in Christianity, second, third century, we do know that there were problems around Mary Magdalene. And actually, we see Martha getting stuck next to Mary Magdalene in other places like this, this kind of obscure document called the Epistle of the Apostles and um, this early church father, Hippolytus, they stick Martha next to Mary Magdalene, in her, to actual, clearly Mary Magdalene. In, and this is also around the same time period, 2nd, 3rd century. So I'm saying around this time, 2nd, 3rd century, there were problems with Mary Magdalene, and Martha is getting used— This figure from the Gospel of Luke is getting stuck next to her to kind of take attention away from her, to kind of diminish her prominence.
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. You can find out more about Libby's work and her music at her website, schrader.com Plus, you can order her music on iTunes or buy an actual physical CD at cdbaby.com. Then send us your revelations from the Gospels via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform, on twitter at reduced you can also follow me on twitter at austin titchener and you can follow libby on twitter too at libby schrader thanks as always to not yet returned from the dead matthew croak web services by ginger power limited music by john weber and garage band and this week by libby schrader you've been listening to her song magdalene which started off all her research in the first place Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Skolbath, who follows us on Twitter. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to novelist Alexandra Sokolov. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 659, 1977 of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Would you say that you had had a calling to be a singer-songwriter? And that you now have a different calling,
1: do you think? It's a bit strange, isn't it? To me, like I said, it feels exactly the same on the inside. Like, I know it looks different on the outside, but when I was in high school, I suppose, it's just like, I'm going to be a singer-songwriter. And I did that pretty um, intensely for, like, 12 years, and I had some successes. Some fun stuff happened. And um, then I started to get frustrated with the music business. I don't know if you've heard that the entertainment business can be frustrating. I don't know if you've (laughs) ever heard that. It's a very (laughs) well-kept secret. Um, but what was interesting was that I wrote this song about Mary Magdalene and it sort of took me along with it. And then my, it shifted. And in, in some ways I'm grateful for this song because it opened up this new path that I am just as passionate about. And it seems to be making, um, a lot of headway. And especially after Many years in the music business, you know, where sometimes it can feel like you're banging your head against a wall in the entertainment industry to have things open up like this is like it's 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 really a wonderful feeling. Actually, um, I'm grateful.
0: This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters and so much. And less. So much. And less. Less. And so much. Less. So much. Less. So much. Less.